I had a uh, tremendous Bible study uh, this last Thursday night. You know what, what that happens is when you're sometimes, I don't know if this has happened to anybody, but you're reading a scripture and something pops out to you. And there was a phrase in one of the verses I was reading in the Bible study over the phone. I was doing a Bible study over the phone. And as I read this phrase, something popped out to me. And then I went to the next verse and I read the next verse, but my mind kept going back to this phrase. And um, I was quiet over the phone for like a good 10 or 15 seconds because I was just looking at this verse. And I said, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I said, but I want to go back to that previous verse. There is something there. And so isn't that what's so awesome about God's word is um, no matter what, no matter what scripture, whatever it may be, there's more to it than you know. And you might look at the shortest scripture in the Bible, John eleven thirty five, 35, and say, Jesus wept. I think I got everything I understand about that, right? But there's more to it. There's a whole lot more to it. And my mom briefly alluded to it when she was testifying. Why did he weep? What does that say about the Lord Jesus Christ? So um, it's just very exciting to me that the depth of God's word. So I have a, just, a, a, just a little simple thought. It just kind of goes along with what I've been saying for the past several weeks. Um, but, um, okay. So if we could uh, stand in honor of the word of the Lord, Matthew eleven twenty seven 27 is the scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. <clears throat> Jesus said, all things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother McAtee to... Pray the Lord's blessing on this today. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. A few years ago, 2009, in fact, I um, used to, when I coached Bible quizzing, I used to memorize all the scriptures with the quizzers. So that way, when I was sitting there coaching, um, if the quiz master asked questions, I immediately knew where the verses were at. If the quizzer interrupted, I would know in my mind. One, and I got to ALI that particular year, and Brother Readout was talking about, he mentioned this verse, and I just happened to have had it memorized. And I said, yeah, I, can, I know that verse. And so I quoted it for him. And he asked me this question. So 
he asked me this question. Who is the one who reveals the Father? In this verse, who is the one that reveals the Father? Anybody? The Son is the one who reveals the Father. He's the one. Now, who's the one who reveals the Son? In this verse, who is the one that reveals the Son? He knows who the Son is, but who reveals the Son in this verse? Do you guys see it? We don't see in this verse where anyone reveals the Son. And so I want to talk to you today just a little bit about the revealer. The revealer. And it is essential that you know who he is. And I just want to reiterate, this is one of, I've said it many, many, many times. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8. This is to reiterate how essential it is for you to know him. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's absolutely essential that you know him. And yet there are people who say you cannot know him. I have argued with people that have said, no, you can't know him. He's just so complex. It, he goes way beyond. We, and I said, well, we must know him. It's essential for our, our salvation. There are definitely things that about God we cannot know. And we have no business delving into that. But we, what we must know is how he has revealed himself. We will be held accountable for that. Because there is a difference between the unknowable versus the revealed. And so there is that which is revealed. And each and every one of us will be held accountable for how he has revealed himself. So the revealer is what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, there are things about God um, over the years that had not been disclosed that people really didn't understand. In the Old Testament, it's like he would reveal himself uh, in one way. And uh, he would sit as Elohim, the mighty God, the Lord. He would reveal himself in different ways. And, you know, we talked about that. There's a little bit of that echo again. I heard it. Did you guys hear it? It was just slightly there. Um, maybe this volume is too high. Maybe, Jesse, if you could just adjust it down. Just to, is, is this too loud? It's not too loud? Okay. Um, so, uh, there's a lot of things that people did not know about God. There's a lot of things that they did not understand about God. People did not have personal relationships with God. It was very few and few people that you see in the Old Testament that had ever heard his voice, that had ever walked with God. I shared this at the Bible study on Friday night at Danielle's house that uh, when I was younger and I had been part of that time travelers club and I was I think I was in sixth grade 
And I was a quiet, shy person in my younger years. I was so shy. I didn't really talk to many people at school. I was pretty much a loner. I was to myself. And um, I remember going to that Time Travelers Club, and it was getting towards the end of the year. And it, it, it was they gave you points by every visitor that you brought, or you could quote something, you know, the Ten Commandments or something like that, or any verses. You would get points for it. And it was between me and another guy by the name of Dave, David. And uh, his mom was the one who ran the Triumph Travelers Club, but he was just a very friendly guy. He was always bringing visitors. And I was just always going and quoting scriptures. That's how I was getting my points, because I never brought a visitor, not even one. <laughs> so um, I remember it was getting towards the end, and we had one more meeting, and uh, I know he had just brought a lot of people, and in fact, he, the previous meeting, he had a list of scriptures where he had a, he's trying to bring scriptures too. He was trying to, because he wanted to make sure that he won. So I was talking to Nora Weber about it. And she said, you know the most repeated scripture in all the Bible? You know what it is? And the Lord spake unto Moses saying. And so I was just so excited because I could go quote 70 scriptures by just memorizing and the Lord spake unto Moses saying. So I did, man. I started looking for all the places where it said, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying. But I think that was an unusual thing. God had a relationship with Moses. He spoke with Moses. We have eight instances where God spoke with Jacob in the Bible. But many of them had never heard the voice of God. They had never in their entire lives. They trusted that the man of God, you know, Moses, many of them looked to Moses like he was a God because he had that personal relationship with God. And so a lot of them, a lot of them didn't know him at all. But something happened when we get into the New Testament and Jesus Christ was born. And they sang something about him, didn't they? They said uh, he was Emmanuel, God with us. So God came to the earth. He manifest himself in flesh. He became a man. And as the man, he took upon himself all of what he wanted each and every, you know, what we all experience. We experience pain and tribulation and temptation. We experience all those things. He took upon it. We could never point our fingers at, in the face of God and say, you know what? You don't understand what I'm going through. He knows. He understands. There's nobody here that's ever been tempted like he was tempted. There is no place in Scripture that says he was a second person in the Trinity. No, you won't find it in the Bible. But he is the almighty God manifest in flesh. I bit my tongue a little bit Friday night, Danielle, did you, when Mike was saying a couple things about uh, he separated, he distinguished between the Son and the Father, like as in two separate persons. I bit my tongue because I didn't, I didn't know how deep I wanted it to go. I wanted to stick on the forgiveness lesson that we were talking about, the other side of the sword. But I'm just telling you, um, Jesus Christ is the revealer of the Father. There is no other way you can understand and know God except through Jesus Christ. 
No man knows who the Father is except the Son and to him that the Son reveals the Father to. The only way you can know God is by revelation that Jesus Christ gives you. That's it. it. That's what that verse was saying that we started off with, right? And there's a parallel passage. I want to read this one to you as well. And this one's found in Luke chapter 10. And I want to read two verses this time, 21 and 22. It says, in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are to deliver to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father. And who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. The only way that you will ever know who God is is through Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what the beginning and the ending means. That's what Alpha and Omega means. Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter. Really what that whole thing means is everything that could be said in language about God that you and I can comprehend and know is who Jesus is. He's the A to Z. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. The beginning and the end. The beginning. Definite article. The, not a beginning, but the beginning. So it's very important to understand that Jesus Christ is who that is. And the only way we can know and understand him. Something happened when Jesus came in and fulfilled and brought that gospel message. So we preach Jesus. People, I don't know about anyone here, they're interested in mysteries. Anybody interested here in mysteries? Did you guys ever have a mystery that you just could not figure out? There's unsolved mysteries out there, isn't there? And uh, things that are disclosed, things that are hidden, things that you can't seem to be able to find out. Following a line of thinking to discover what was previously unknown. It's fascinating. Because something you didn't know and then you begin, have you ever just discovered something? How exciting is it to you when you discover something that you did not previously know? And you've searched for it, you've sought for it, and you discovered something. Brother Fernando, I don't know if he's watching, but he said to me uh, last week, he said, uh, Pastor, he said, there is this particular verse. He said, I think there's something there. I think there's more to it. I said, well, Yes, there is. I could tell you without looking at the verse, there's absolutely more to it. And I could say that confidently about every single verse. There's more to it. And then he shared it. I said, I'm going to share you what I've discovered about that verse, but I'm going to tell you there's even more to it than that. So I shared to him what I had learned by studying that passage of Scripture. And, uh, and I said, and guess what? There's more to it. And it was exciting to me when I had studied certain things about it and I saw it. 
and it was revealed, it was disclosed, it was shown to me, it was made manifest. So um, I can look at any scripture. I can know there's something in that scripture, something about it. I may not know it right now. It may be another verse that I have to understand first before I can ever get to the full depth and understanding of that verse. You know, you go to football games, right? And you see people hold up signs, John 316. You see people wear shirts that say Mission 316. And you know what those guys are saying? They're just trying to tell everyone God loves you. But there's more to that verse than God loves everyone. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. One of those things that that verse is saying is God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that even those who believe in him won't have to perish but have everlasting life. That's what that actually means. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The word mystery is mentioned 22 times in the Bible. And the word mysteries are mentioned five times. Mystery is this word mousterion. And it means to shut the mouth. It's a secret. Anybody here able to keep a secret? No? <laughs> Some people, I, I've shared this before, that some people believe that a secret is something you just tell one person at a time. <laughs> I have a secret. Don't tell anyone. Just me and you. I'm going to tell you. Tell the next person. But there's secrets. There's mysteries. Even in the scripture, there is the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Satan himself all the demons, they really didn't understand who Jesus was. They thought he was, they thought that Jesus came and he was going to be number two. They had a complete misunderstanding of who Jesus was because he wasn't number two. He wasn't booting Satan out of his position, Lucifer. But let's pull up that scripture, Christy, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's look at that, verse 8. Eight, maybe it is. Is it verse 8? It says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, if they really knew who he was, they would not have crucified. Look at what they call Jesus, the Lord of glory. If See, Satan has no contest with God. He has no issues with God. If he had known who Jesus really was, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So there's mysteries, there's secrets, and they are revealed. And what is revealed is what we will be held accountable for. But the specific thing about God is the one who does the revealing. Jesus Christ, the revealer. So, I, I think mysteries are interesting. Brother Buddy, do you like mysteries? Do you remember the Hardy Boys? Weren't you a Hardy Boy? Yeah. 
Nancy Drew, solving those mysteries. I used to think that was pretty neat growing up, those, those stories. Uh, was there ever a mystery that they couldn't solve, those Hardy Boys? Was there? Wait, you're older than me, Sherry. <laughs> oh, you're a grandma. I'm not even a grandpa yet. Well, I guess I am kind of a grandpa. <laughs> so, uh, mystery. Uh, Thayer's says hidden things, secret mystery. Generally, mysteries, religious secrets, confided only to the initiated and not to ordinary mortals. A hidden or secret thing, not obvious to the understanding. There are things in God's word that are not obvious to the understanding. I don't know, has you, have you guys ever just read the scripture and just thought, you know what, I don't really quite understand this. Lord, would you help open my understanding to this? And so I pray that often as I'm reading the scriptures. Um, Sometimes I'll start reading and I realize I hadn't prayed that prayer. And then I'll say, right in the middle of it, I say, God, please, will you help me to get as much as I can out of this today? You know, there may be uh, a hidden purpose or a counsel, uh, definition still, secret will of men, of God. The secret counsels which govern God in dealing with the righteous, which are hidden from ungodly and wicked men, but plain to the godly. Jesus he would tell parables. He would speak in parables. And parables had two purposes. What was the two purposes? One was to reveal. And what would be the other purpose? To conceal. It was either to reveal to a certain group of people or to conceal from a certain group of people. And I just want to make sure that I'm on the side that gets the revelation. I want to make sure that, you know, because many times he said it was not Jesus would tell his disciples. He said it's not for them to know. It's not for the Pharisees and the Sadducees to know. I, and they say, why do you speak in parables? And so then sometimes they would come and Jesus, what did you mean by this? And he said, oh, you don't understand this either? And then he would reveal it so many times you'll see in scripture where the pharisees they suspected that jesus was talking about them but they didn't know for sure <laughs> you know they just had this feeling i think he's talking about me um some people they, they just see somebody whispering they just assume they're talking about him yeah. you know <laughs> So, uh, secrets, but Jesus Christ is the one who manifests or discloses or makes them known to us. The word uh, that is translated reveal, it means to, t it's very similar to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, the, rev the revelation, very similar word. It's apocalypto, it means to uncover. To lay open what has been veiled or covered up. To disclose. To make bare. Has anybody like read a book or seen a movie or something like that? 
And then once it showed what really happened, you're like, ah, I get it. It makes sense now. It, 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 it all makes sense now. And so um, it's hard to unknow something once you know it. So once it's been revealed, once it's been uncovered, once it's been disclosed, then you're like, yes. And so um, Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 44, I'm not trying to, uh, I don't want to confuse anybody, but I'm just going to throw some verses out there real quick. No man, he said, can come to me. So imagine, no, thankfully he doesn't, the sentence doesn't end there, right? Where he said, no man can come to me. Right? But it goes on. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me. So Jesus Christ is sent by the Father, except the Father draw him. You can't even go to Jesus Christ. You can't come to Jesus Christ unless the Father draws you to him. And I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Has anybody here ever been taught of God something? That's the one who knows it all. That's the one teacher that has comprehension of every situation, everything you're going through, everything you've ever experienced. And there's been times I really didn't understand a certain thing. And I say, I, I've prayed about it. I said, God, I really don't get this. I don't understand it. Um, this is kind of what I think. Would you help me to know? Am I off track? Would you help me? And then I've had the Lord reveal stuff to me. Show me things sometimes with a dream or a vision. Or it might be from preaching uh, during the week, or I, I've listened to, or somehow the Lord will reveal to me that thing I was seeking to him, seeking to know. And so it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. And yet how many people are not coming unto Jesus? People say, I've been learning from God. Well, if you've really been learning uh, from the Father, then you will come unto Jesus and you will give him your life. This is all scripture. I didn't write any of this, by the way. This was written before I was born. In fact, it was written before anybody here was born. <laughs> like hundreds of years, thousands, okay, <laughs> before any of us were born. So not that any man hath seen the Father, Save he which is of God, he has seen the Father. Now, he which is of God has seen the Father. Everyone who has learned of the Father comes to Jesus. To be taught of God. God is the teacher. To have understanding from him based upon his revealing. But look at John 14, 6. Now, I think that there's some people, some disciples who really wanted to know who the Father was. That was important to them. And in fact, Philip is one of those. But Jesus said in John 14, 6, I've quoted this many times. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I talked to you about that a few weeks back when I talked about the door. You cannot get 
to God except you go through Jesus Christ. And verse 7 said, Jesus said, if ye had known me. A lot of people say they know Jesus. But he said, if you had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth, ye know him and have seen him. Wait, I thought you can't see the father. Jesus said, if, if you know me, you know my father. And from here on out, from henceforth, you know him and you've seen him. Now Philip, in the next verse, saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? And I like to turn this scripture around. And I will tell people, if when you look at Jesus, you don't see the Father, then you haven't seen Jesus yet. If when you look at Jesus, you do not see the Father, you have not yet seen him. It is prophesied concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is. That was a prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. So John chapter 1, verse 18, remember Jesus is the revealer. He's the one who declares. He's the one who demonstrates God. He's the only one. John 1, 18 says, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten son, which is in the bosom of the father, he hath declared him. Now, I'm not really good with Greek, but you know where it says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. When you look up the word begotten, it's something like monogenes or monogenes. It really means one set of genes. This is what happened. God himself became a man. In each and every cell of your body is 46 chromosomes, 23 from mom, 23 from dad. Mary, she had the seed, the 23 chromosomes, and God became the other 23. The one and only God became that 23. This was a unique set of genes. Only begotten. You know, there's a lot of people that are called sons of God, a lot of people called daughters of God, but there was none like Jesus. He was the manifestation of the only God in flesh so you and I could see and understand and comprehend who he is. And in every cell of that body is 46 chromosomes, 23 that represent God and 23 that represent Mary. He was a man. 
And the son represents who he came from, where he came from, the son which is of God. And I shared this. Who did I share this with? It may have been uh, somebody I was given a hard time to this past week because um, they said something. And I said, let me tell you what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, I want you to look at this. This is not in my notes, but it says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. It may have been Brother Fernando. Um, but he spake in time past. In the olden days, he spake through the prophets. Oh, it was Brother Fernando because we were talking about the Mount of Transfiguration, what, who Elijah represented, who Moses represented. And so the law and the prophets, right? God, verse 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us by. Now, this is not doing us any favors because in, if you look in your Bible, the word his is not in the original. I can see it in my Bible, but in a regular Bible, you'll see that word his in italics. Literally, this says, hath in these last days spoken unto us by son. He used to speak in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by son. How does he speak to us? Through Jesus Christ, the manifestation of God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace in flesh. Jesus said, if you've seen, how long have I been with you, Philip, and yet hast thou not known me? So we need to study who Jesus is. He is the only way we can know God. Even the spirit of truth testifies of Jesus, the revealer. In John 15, 26, it says, but when the comforter is come, the comforter we know is the Holy Ghost. We know that from John 14, 26. But John 15, 26 says, but when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, who sends the Holy Ghost? It just said, whom I will send. Jesus is considered the Holy Ghost baptizer. He's the one who pours out his spirit. Right? He said, I will send, right? Whom I will send. Unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. So the spirit of truth itself is the revealer of Jesus Christ. The spirit of truth, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, is the revealer of Jesus Christ. We got to know who he is. We need to understand who he is, right? He testifies of me. Next verse, and ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. So the revealer is God himself manifest in such a way that you and I can know him and understand him. Jesus said this. If you study the Old Testament, what is the purpose of the Old Testament? Very good, Matthew. I like what you I like that line of thinking. And John 5:39 is going to help us see that. Jesus said, "Search the scriptures." 
He's referring to the Old Testament scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So when you study the Old Testament, you will see Jesus everywhere. They testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the revealer. There is coming a day when God himself would come and sit on the throne. The, Solomon couldn't comprehend it. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold the heaven and heaven and heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. He understood the promise that was given to David, his father. But now he was confounded. He didn't understand how the God who fills all in all would come and sit on the throne of David. How was that possible? The heaven and the heaven of heavens, they can't even contain you. And how are you going to sit on this little tiny chair that's on this little tiny blue dot in this little tiny universe? You know, I don't even know how big, it's, it's really big out there. Or I should say, I didn't say universe, I, I should have said galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy. That's little. The universe is how many, have, have, I mean, how many uh, uh, galaxies in the universe? Anybody know? A lot. Zillions, is that a, how many, how many zeros does a zillion have on it? <laughs> what is it? Nine? That's a lot of zeros. So that's a lot bigger than I could ever know or comprehend. So Jesus is the revealer. So I encourage you. There are some people that are so confused. They will come and they'll kneel down. They say, I don't even know who to pray to. Do I pray to the Father? Well, I'm going to tell you. Colossians 3. Let's look at 16. Let's look at 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do a couple things. Maybe 50%, maybe 33.33333333 forever percent in the name of the Lord Jesus. No, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. When you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, you're already by him and through him giving thanks to God and the Father. So it's all done in Jesus' name. And so when we sing that song, it's all in him. Now let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Focus on Christ for a second. Verse 9. For in Jesus Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now listen. Next verse. And you are complete in him. You are complete in Jesus Christ. This does not say them. This says him, which is the head of all principality and power. So we do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving glory to God the Father through him, by him. He is the revealer. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? The Word, the same was in the beginning with God. I was just reading along to you, just giving me scriptures. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. Jump down to verse 14. And the Word became flesh. That Word, which is God, that Word, which is the divine, uh, what's the word I'm looking for that's in Strong's? It's the definition. It's called the divine, I'm drawing a blank right now. Anyone remember? There's a, a two-word phrase in Strong's Concordance, but it's when God revealed himself. He gave his self-definition. That's what the word is. When God defined himself at the very beginning. Divinity, right? At the very beginning, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That word, which was God, dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus Christ is the revealer. He is the express image, the Bible says, of the person of God, the express image of the person of God. So the revealer, if you wonder, if you have questions, anything in scripture, anything about who he is, I encourage you to go to Jesus. When you kneel down, I encourage you to talk to Jesus. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Amen. That's the message today. Isabella, 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 it's okay, it's all right, amen. Hannah was trying to scare me with this snake earlier. You shall take up serpents. Amen. Let's just take a few moments and let's just worship the Lord today. Lord Jesus, we worship you. God, we magnify you. We glorify you. We thank you for what you did, that you came down so that each and every one of us could know you, so that each and every one of us could have a relationship with you. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Michelle, can you come play something? I'm putting Rochelle on the spot. She's got to be instant in season, out of season. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can play that right there.
Jesus. While Rochelle's playing that, I would like to read one more scripture to you. It's not in my notes. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse 5, it says, I believe it's verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God. The Greek word for the word form is morphe. The definite article, the. God has a single form. It's called the form. When you study the book of Revelation, there's one throne, and one sits on the throne. But the form, the morphe of God, is who Jesus, before he came to this earth, he was the form of God. Thought it not robbery to be equal with God, verse 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So, next verse. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The thing that God did, how he humbled himself, he emptied himself so each and every one of us could know him. And that gospel message is fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Amen. And he's worthy of praise, isn't he? The Lord Jesus is worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Brother Sharon. I'm going to ask Brother Sharon to pray in closing. Jesus' name. Thank you. All right. So good to see everyone. You guys are dismissed in Jesus' name. Make sure you greet one another. Amen.